Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Yo, in this week's episode I'm going to be linking up with my homie Joe, and we are going to discuss Drake's new album, Views. So keep it locked for a new episode of Thinking Outside the Boombox. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Thinking Outside the Boombox. My name is Ahmad, and I am your host. All right, this week, um, just from past experience, whenever I get on the phone um, with my cousin Joe, um, the conversations, especially when we're talking about music that we really care about, artists that we like, conversations tend to go on a little bit longer, um, then an episode probably should. So I decided to jump straight into the Dig Deeper segment for this week. Um, we're going to skip the back in the day, skip the press play. And I'm going to call my homie Joe. And we are going to discuss Drake's new album, Views. So uh, without further ado, um, here is the conversation I had with Drake. Uh, Joe, my cousin, about Drake's album. Alright, so introduce yourself once again to the people. Alright, what's up listeners? This is Joe G, other known as uh, Joseph Gogans. I'm back again to talk about this uh, this Views album from Drake, and I'm happy to be here, man. Happy to be here. <laughs> That's what's up. Um, views. Views from this, formerly known as Views from the Six. Um, <laughs> right. I really like that title, but I guess maybe they thought it was too long, so they changed it. <laughs> yeah. Not longer than nothing was the same, but, you know. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So, I don't, I don't know. man. I don't know. Maybe they got inspired. Right. Um, So, where to begin? What are you... Give me... So, here's how we're going to do this. Give me some general thoughts about the album, and then, as usual, we're going to go track by track. Um, and discuss the album, and then, you know, we'll wrap up at the end and talk about, you know, what we think. Okay, 
Okay, alright. So, general opinion of the album, one of the biggest questions I had after listening to it for the first time at 3.30 in the morning on, on Friday, <laughs> I was like, okay, did this meet the hype, the expectation that he set for himself? Because uh, we knew he was going to have a, a pretty great album. We was expecting it. But uh, I don't know. I was like, man, this album was so good. But I was like, I was really expecting, like, boom, you know. So <laughs> I know, man. Uh, uh, so I think it for, for Drake, uh, right now, he was only competing with himself, really, in my opinion, because uh, he's in his own kind of category for me. So I would say that he met the expectations. I, I think he, if not he met it, he exceeded. So um, I know a lot of people were still on the formation time, and I was still listening to Kanye. So like, so it would just hit me like it's been some amazing albums this year. But for for Drake, I think he met the expectation. Um, but I don't know just yet because it still is like barely a week i don't know if he exceeded it yet I, i'm one of those per- people that gotta let it marinate mm-hmm. and i gotta really connect with a song i'm connected with a few don't get me wrong but you know in terms of the album as a whole um i loved it you know i, I, st- I like it and it, it's perfect for this album really captures every mood you could possibly be in whether you're in a, a playful mood a loving mood, you know, skip my ex. Like, this is the Drake, the, the, the Drake we all know and love, you know. Pretty much. Pause, but, you know, so <laughs> that's just one of the things uh, that I liked about uh, the album. So, for me, it met my expectations. Um, it was cool. I was very excited. I got a lot of texts from my friends. They was extremely excited. Uh, so... Uh, they big Drake fans. I just appreciate his music, and I'm a big fan. But they, you know, they go hardcore. So I feel you. Um, yeah. In general, he 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 did his, he did the Drake thing, you know, that we all know, and, and, and just did it in a different way. So I, I like it. I like it. In general, I like it. Yeah, I um, I think at this point, I can officially say that I'm I'm probably a Drake stand. I don't I don't stand for too many artists. Kanye gets it, Drake, um Kendrick Cole. I I say I'm I'm stand to those artists. So, obviously I came into this with very very high expectations. You know, for me, Take Care is the top top of the chain for Drake. Like that that is the peak. That is what he should be you know, aspiring to top every time he makes an album. Um, And from listening to views, I've listened to it, I don't know, maybe 15 times, you know, something like that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But um, it's not take care level. It's not take care level because, you know, take care just had so much to it. And I I could talk about that for hours. So I'm going to digress from that. But it's not there yet. It's it's a good project for sure. I think it's more on the level of nothing was the same than anything because I think that's Drake's second best project. Um, but you know, it was just missing something. It honestly, he needed to rap a lot more than he did. Like he needed to 
and we'll talk about some of the songs where he did rap in a minute. Right, 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 right. <laughs> but like, there was a lot of singing. There was a lot of pop singing. There was a lot of uh, Caribbean influence tracks. Yes, yes, yes. But what I needed, you know, on nothing was the same. Drake, I would say Drake rapped for like seventy five percent of that album. Like he gave us language. Tuscan leather. Um, what else? Three hundred five to my city. Um, all me. Um, and then he did a lot of rap singing. Um, you had Wu Tang Forever. Like there was he rapped. Like he he gave us what we wanted. And then he took it a step further when he released his mixtape. If you're reading this, it's too late. And that was like mostly rap. It was a lot of you know confident and like a lot of throwaway tracks rap but he was rapping confidently and he was giving us bars so what i expected coming into this album was okay he just showed us that he can rap for days so i need him to give us that rap over some you know top beats like some album level beats and we definitely got the production but you know he didn't really rap you know, as much as I would have wanted him to. I I think that because of <laughs> because of the the beef and <laughs> you know the the drama that he was having um, with other artists that was known to everybody, I was expecting a lot more rap. I, I must say that I was expecting because after everything, you know. He was dissing somebody or a diss track. He's all right, back to the views. You know, I'm about to go back to my work. You know? Right. So I'm like, man, he's about to add that in the views. You know? <laughs> yeah. Add it in there. That's another thing to add in. I was like, man, he got a lot of motion, motivation coming into this album. You know, it's just stuff keep coming up. So um, that's one thing I was really, I could say I was really expecting just because of a lot of stuff that was going on in terms of rumors, in terms of, uh, you know, people who, he didn't like, and he he talked about it a little bit. Yeah, you know, yeah, he took some subliminals. Right, I'm gonna designate four songs. That's what y'all gonna get. That's y'all time to shine, you know. But I'm gonna really focus on, you know, his main task, and that's what he did, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, like you can't give us back to back and then not rap like that for at least half the album. Like to be honest, I completely expected him to release 3P on this project. I was like, look, Meek Mill is still yapping a little bit, a little bit. I'm sure when he drops Dream Chasers 4 or whatever it's called, that he's gonna he's gonna come at Drake. It's like, I thought Drake was gonna be a step ahead, drop that third diss track, completely end Meek's career, let him join the group of people that are going up to Mars to live forever because he doesn't need to come <laughs> back. Like, you know, I thought... He was going to dead it, but, you know, he didn't. And, you know, maybe he's keeping that in his back pocket for another time, and that's fine. Maybe they squashed things, but we didn't know it, you know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I don't know, man. At the time, though. It was good for rap. For real. All right, so let's let's jump in. It's a long album, which, to be honest, I, I thought he could have he deleted, like, maybe four or five tracks. And we can and feel free when we get to one of those tracks to say which one you thought he could have got rid of. Um, 
So let's start with the first one, the intro. Um, it's also worth noting that throughout this entire project, he's got a lot of like, they're not skits per se, but you know, like little interludes. Like you hear the, you know, the wind going through like outside Toronto, and he's got a lot of like Jamaican um, um, people talking, like they speaking in patois and all of that type of stuff. So you know, it's very interesting. That's like what's channeling in and out of um, in between each song. Um, so the first. Um, song keep the family close what what are your thoughts man um i'm not gonna lie he started off this album really nice to me he he started this off really nice it 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 gave me just how the the instruments came in i felt like it was like a movie like he about to really he about to tear it up (laughs) like i'm like man like it's just that was if I were to give a, a, a grade to an intro, that would be like an A to me. Because mm-hmm. that got me really, really excited for the next song. You know, um, and he's just talking about, you know, all of my let's just be friends. You know, he's just talking about, you know, the past and mostly, you know, relationships. That's what Drake do. But it's just like how the production was and what he was talking about was like he was just ending a chapter, he was about to start mm. this new one, and the album, is. it was like, man, this album, when I first heard this first song, I was like, this album about to be epic, like, I was just like, man, like, this is gonna be cold, so, this album really, um, it was, it had me thinking that it was, this is gonna set the tone for the entire album, and, uh, kinda like how, um, Kanye and the uh, Ultra Light Beam, it mm. gave you like chills. You like, like, all right, what's gonna be next? What's gonna be next? You know that that really set the tone for the entire album, and so um, that's what I got from this. I really like this song, and uh, one of the things I did for this album was like listening to it in scramble. So I would start from, of course, I listened to it all the way through one through twenty. Then I would like start at seven and stuff like that, <laughs> but you know, any it could have went anywhere. But all the other songs I feel like could have went anywhere a little bit. But this one was like it has to be an intro. Just how it starts off, it has to be an intro. I really like this is one of my favorite songs. Easy, and I really did like this song. So, Absolutely. Go ahead. What you what you gotta say? <laughs> yeah, this is man. So there are a lot of different types or like categories to Drake. So you got. And I'm going to categorize them as this. You've got, if you're reading This Is Too Late, Drake, which is confident, braggadocious, I'm better than everybody rapping, Drake. Then you got, um, then you got like pop rap Drake, which is kind of like him rap singing. So it's kind of like, uh, uh, I want to say, uh, what's the name of that song? Connect from Nothing Was The Same? Or is that the name of it? The one where he's talking about swinging? Wasn't that called Connect? Uh, I think Yeah, it was like it was like right um before or after um the language. But anyway, he's like, you know, he's like rap singing. Um then you got just straight pop singing Drake, which we hear a lot of on this project. 
But then you have the Drake, which, you know, we haven't gotten this too much, but then we get the Drake that, like, really busts out some, like, some, like, really good singing. Because, you know, he's not the best at singing. There's a lot of vocalists out there that sound better than Drake. But there are times where it's, it, that vocal training that he's had really comes through, and this is one of them. Um, the production was A1. Uh, very orchestral, big band, big sound. Um, kind of remind me of like I don't know, like a Frank Sinatra joint. The way everything was coming in, the drums were killing. Um, the horns were ki- were um, snapping. So I got a hot take. Here's my hot take. This song could very easily have been about Nicki Minaj. Now here's why I say it. Yeah. In in his um he did an interview with Zane Lowe. Um, the day before Views came out, so that Thursday, and in the interview, uh, I think I think Nikki came up because they were talking about Cash Money and everything, and he was like, Zayn Lowe was like, yeah, so what's up with you and Nikki? And Drake said, I mean, we don't really talk anymore, like you know, we decided to be friends, yada yada, but um, you know, we don't really like you know, really we don't really speak anymore. He's like, it's it's all cordial, you know, she handled everything with class, but basically because of the Meek situation, you know, she, he didn't say this, but it makes sense, she chose a side that wasn't his, one of the lyrics he says in the song, and I was like, mmm, <laughs> right, so I was like, he might have made this song about Nicki, um, which is interesting, because... You know, I I honestly expected Nicki to be done with Meek by this point. You know, I thought they were over. You know, it's like, it's Meek Mill and you're Nicki Minaj. Like, what are we even doing with this? But, you know, we're continuing to let this play out. You know, Drake (laughs) came at her boyfriend's head. You know, she stayed loyal, kept with Meek Mill. And Drake, you know, he had to respect that. Um, But, yeah, I think the lyrics to this might have gone a little bit deeper than just, you know, the typical ex-girlfriend stuff that he likes to... Pretty much his whole thing, just talking about his exes. Um, but yes, as far as intro songs go, this is a really good one. You got to start your album off like um, you got to start your album off with a bang, and he he tends to do that. You know, he had um, "Over My Dead Body" on "Take Care." He had "Tuscan Leather" to start off. Nothing was the same, which was that song that basically took one Whitney Houston song and flipped it three different times so it was like three songs in one he's all about the intro um and shout out to this this guy named Manish I think is his name he's a producer in the OVO camp that just recently started working with Drake and them and he produced this song so it's like wow this is one of his his first song like with with them that we're hearing and it's this good it's like keep that dude around right (laughs) um so let's, you, you seem like you got something You got something to say. I can see it in your face. <laughs> oh, no, no. I just was like, man, they just got this dude, and he made, like, one of my favorite tracks. Yeah, man. Made, so. when, I, man. when I heard this, I thought 40 produced it, because, you know, typically the songs that sound like that, 40 has his hand all over it. Um, but, no, it was solely produced by this, this dude. Um, he's, like, an Indian-Canadian dude that's part with OVO now. Um. So let's jump into the second track, nine or six upside down, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> whatever you want. I thought that was uh, I thought that was clever. Yeah. You know, the 
name of the song, but this was uh, one of my least favorite tracks. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was pretty chill. It kind of like calmed me down from the intro. Yeah. So I probably would have preferred it not being after, um, excuse me, um, being after the intro like that. But I don't, I don't, I really didn't know how I felt about this song. I was like, oh, okay, you know. Nothing was the same, basically. Yeah. <laughs> well, no pun intended, but you know. Yeah, I feel you. Things going crazy right now. Uh, you know, you know, I, I, I really didn't know what to take. I was like, did, for me, this was one of the songs I would be like, it's cool, but it didn't have to be on the album. You know, that was just my opinion on it. I was like, okay, like it's pretty chill song. It's pretty chill. I just would have preferred it not being after the. The intro, it kind of like really got me okay. It's about to get really sad now, <laughs> you know. Like, I just felt like it was just going like towards uh, like a downward slope. Mm -hmm. to, all right, Drake about to get in his <laughs> real emotions, like he already was in it, but the production was so cold and it had like a really nice production. I thought, all right, like that's cool. Now it's about to be this new chapter. What's next? And then it was just like, all right, let me talk about my city and how <laughs> it's different now. So like, I was like, oh man, like this is this is about to be. I, I didn't say it was about to be bad, but I was like, all right, he's probably about to get into the uh, the soft Drake, not like he's soft like in yeah. offensive soft. I feel you. How we know Drake as he's not the the toughest. Um, what he portrays to us isn't like the the tough guy type thing. So. I feel like he was about to get into some singing after this one because he was already leaning to it, and he was singing a few times in the um, in this song. And so I was just like, "We'll see where it goes." But th for me, this would have been in the other category. Like, you can keep this one for now. You know, after I heard the whole album, I figured out like, okay, this one could have stayed out. This wasn't my favorite one, and I don't have many that I feel that way about. Like you said, it was only like three or four that I felt mm. that way about. But this one was the one. It didn't really do much for me. And maybe it would have done more for people that are, is from where he's from. Uh, um, uh, so that was just my opinion on it. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. Um, I, I agree he could have kept this one. Um, <laughs> it it kind of sounded like it could have been like a take care, throwaway. Like, you know, it was really synth driven. And I felt like it. if he had put this song on take care, it would have fit right in. Especially because, you know, he always talks about on Take Care was the album where, you know, he got back um, in Toronto at 40 and they were like, you know, he got back to the the sound, you know, that he really wanted. And, you know, this would have been a perfect song to go on there. You know, it's it's got some confident Drake in there. But, you know, at the same time, it did like the first song had me up here. I know they can't see me, but my hands are high. Um <laughs> And then nine kind of like slowly brought me down. And I was like, oh man, that's not what I thought was coming at all. It's like, okay, all right, well, maybe, you know, maybe it'll come back up. You know, it's cool, it's cool. Right, right, right. Shake it off, shake it right, off. Right, right. Um, but yeah, nine, um, you know, he's, you know, he's, he's rapping, but, you know, I, I could have, I could have done without that one, you know. Um, but it's all good because the next song, you know, for me was a was a lot better. So you with me is the third song. I'll start this one. So he sampled DMX to to right off the bat. He sampled DMX. Now 
to, to anybody else, that might have just been like, oh, you got a DMX sample. But what's interesting is a few years ago, eh, that might have been last year, um, DMX dissed Drake like in an interview. It wasn't like a song, but like I think somebody asked him and DMX basically was like, yeah, I don't mess with anything Drake does. Like, I don't, I don't really care about that dude. <laughs> and so, so obviously, from what I hear, like, Drake reached out to DMX or something, and now they cool. Obviously, they would have to be for him to get a DMX sample. So I thought that was really interesting that he put that on here. Um, also, the, the first line, the first lines are just also, the wordplay is, is crazy. So he said, on some DMX shit, then he said, I group DM my exes. And I was like, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> I was just like, so simple, but that's a bar. <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, so yeah, this is, this is reflective Drake. You know, we get that a lot. You know, he's um talking about, you know, relationships and, you know, trying to figure out if his girl is really down. The thing that really did it for me on this song, there's a point. It's in like the third verse, so like right before the song's about to end, where he's like doing a little breakdown, and then all of a sudden the beat like, the beat like cranks up, and he just starts like yelling basically. So he's like the whole song is real like somber, somber, and then like, like at this like random point, it just cranks up the intensity and he starts yelling and he kind of does this like party next door thing. Like, it, and I think party next door might've had some background vocals in I the part I'm talking about. Yeah. 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 So when he did that, I was riding in my car. I think when I first, um, when I first heard it, cause <laughs> this is funny. So when views came out, cause it came out randomly at like that Thursday night, like maybe a little late and I was like man I gotta I was like I gotta listen to this so I was like I'm gonna just get in my car and drive (laughs) so (laughs) so I just got in my car um and drove around the south side listening to views and so I was in the car (laughs) when this came on and you know it was kind of somber it was rolling along and then all of a sudden he turned up and I was like oh oh Drake hey (laughs) I wasn't expecting that intensity. Um, you know what it is. A lot of niggas cut the check so they can take that flow. That's what he said. You know, it's right, real. Right, right, right. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I like this song. The sample the sample is dope. And I think he also interpolated another DMX sample in there as well. Um, and then also the way he was rapping at the end, I thought it was dope. So what do you think about this one? gets me every time and I'm sorry I keep bringing up uh, Kanye album but it gave me the same feel when uh, when he was on uh, 30 hours and mm. his phone rang and <laughs> I keep every time I check my phone like wait I'm, is that my phone and so that's what I do like I'm listening to the song and the, this song comes up and it's ringing and I'm like am I calling somebody like, you know, like <laughs> So that always it keep getting me every time. But uh, other than that, that was just something really minor. Other than that, you you said something that uh, you had to get in your car. I thought that was so funny because about two years ago, uh, me and my girlfriend was listening to Drake, and it was he was talking about that album 
uh, I think with nothing was the same. Mm-hmm. And he was uh, in an interview, and it was like, what do you, what type of music do you like to have, uh, like that you shoot for, like what type of genre? And he said, you know, I like uh, I make music for like nighttime driving. <laughs> he swear, did say that. <laughs> I swear he said that. And when you just said that, I was like, oh my god, he's doing his job. Like, that's <laughs> you know, like, but I remember when he said it, I was like, what? That is so like it's so random. Like, he makes music for nighttime driving. Like, that's perfect for nighttime driving. So he said that. I just started laughing in my head. Like, this dude is just winning on all ends. Like, you know, like, uh, but other than that, other than the um, that, I, I didn't know that, um, as always, I learned something new from this podcast. But I, I didn't know that he was beefing with, with DMX. And so that could not only is do I feel like he's talking about um you know his relationships but he can also with this title he can also be talking about DMX like you with me you know like we we like I got your music <laughs> yeah I feel you. you you know what I mean you with me now type thing but um I really did like this song and uh one of the things that shocked me for this third song is one of uh you know I really don't have critiques of Drake really but one of the things that when he does sing, he really doesn't um, challenge his his vocals. Kind of like what you said about uh, Gina Cole on... Um, oh, Janae Aiko. Janae Aiko, sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, it's <true. laughs> um, On how the last album, she really like challenged her vocals and had a few runs. Mm-hmm. And so when I heard this, I was like, oh, he's going there. He's going there. And then I heard Party at the top, I was like... Okay, I see what you tried to do there. Mm-hmm. You know, I see what you do, but that's uh one of the things I really don't hear from Drake is him really, you know, one of the things I I see is like can this artist like how you could kinda tell when the artist came from like a church background, yeah. you know, when they could really hit that note mm-hmm. like hard with no fear. <laughs> and I feel like Drake is like the smooth, like he, he wouldn't hang with Fantasia type thing, you know, she nah. go in. That's a b- big comparison, but just you could tell with the, the the with different singers on where their background is, and so he really does stray away from those high runs, and especially confidently. So that's probably uh, why I feel like I was like that has to be party at the top <laughs> of the run. I have to be party next door. I know. And so, but I really did. Other than those few little minor um, red flags that I saw, um, I really did like this album. I mean. That's a question you have for anybody. You know, Drake is, with his music is extremely relatable, um, especially with this age range that, you know, 20s, 30s, you know, if you've been in a relationship, period, it really don't matter. Um, and so I really did like this song. This song was real smooth. And just like you, uh, what you said, when he, it really kind of calmed down. And then, you know, you heard the little, the beat come back in and then he, Got a little ants, he got a little fired up, you know, and, and went for it. So, I mean, that's what I like. I really like this song. It was pretty chill, but, you know, you also have to really listen. Like, it's not like a lot of these artists where you, you know, you you don't have to listen to what he's saying. Like, when Drake is, is talking, like, you, you got to listen. You know, he rapping, he singing about something. You better listen, you know. So that's how I felt about this one. He had a lot to say in this one about things like that. So I, I, I enjoyed this one. This track was one of my favorites for real, so 
Yeah. Yeah, I think um, one thing you say about being relatable, that's really important. I think for artists nowadays, having music that people can relate to is a big point. Because, I mean, if you think about it, a lot of the criticism that has come against Kanye um, post, you know, graduation and college dropout and all of that is that his music has become less and less relatable because, you know, homie is rich now and, you know, he's rapping about all this rich stuff and it's like, oh, I mean, I don't have none of that stuff, but, um, but yeah, yeah, I think it, it's important to be uh, relatable and Drake, he's the king of that. He makes uh, songs for everybody. Um, speaking of that, the next song, um, Feel No Ways. So this song... When I first heard it, I was like, man, this sounds like one of them beats that Magic Jordan would sing over. And then I I did my research and I found out that Jordan, who is like, so Magic Jordan is two people. Magic's the dude that does the singing. Jordan does the production. And so Jordan produced this song. When I saw that, I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Because it had this like, you know. I don't know, electronic, you know, kind of of electronic Caribbean vibe, you know, and a vibe that Magic Jordan uses on their album and their songs. Um, I'm so glad you told me that. I'm so glad. I just feel, you just feel the void in my heart. I feel you. I needed closure. (laughs) I know. Um, Yeah, and uh, this song is super relatable. Like, you know, I think when I was in the car with Karen and we were talking about this song or this song was on and I was like, yeah, this song, you know, you know, it's one of those pop songs that, you know, you can't really, <laughs> no pun intended, like you can't really feel any sort of way about it. Like you just, you know, it's it's a song that just, you know, just takes you, takes you through the day. It can just put it on behind anything. Like it's, it's meant to feel that pop void. You can put it on the radio and it's just gonna, it's just gonna go. Um. So yeah, this song was, you know, it's like, it's like inching towards one of the songs where it's like, man, I didn't really need this, but you know, it was good enough as far as like production and the way that Drake kind of like one up Magic Jordan, because it sounds like one of their songs, but he does it way better than they do. Um, You know, I was like, okay, this is decent. Uh, I I like this one. I, I really... I really do like Magic Jordan. I was proud because about two weeks ago, I just put somebody on to Magic Jordan. Like, I was playing their music, like, before meeting, you know, to chill. And I, I just put them on, you know, I, I had to shout them out real fast. But I I thought, man, I thought Magic Jordan was going was gonna to show up in this song, like, just sing. But in my head, you know, when you were saying that they uh, Jordan produced it, I'm like, all right, that's perfect, you know, because... This could easily been in their album as mm-hmm. a feature, or even if, if Drake just take took this song and they did the hook or whatever. Yeah. Um, this 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 was perfect, but I, in my head, you know, because I like to imagine things with my imagination, and I'm like, maybe he <laughs> he saw them producing like this this song for their album. He was like, hey, yo, let me let me take this off your hands <laughs> real fast. You know, y'all know what to do with it. Let me hold y'all that. Know what to that I got this. Like, let me hold this real fast. But uh, yeah, I like this song. I mean, he was talking about you know wanting them to feel a certain way, you know, on well on purpose clearly. But he he's not really feeling that way. You know, he, sometimes you just don't feel bad for certain things. Sometimes you just have you know people in your life who try to throw stuff in your face. I, I can I can relate to that. Like another relatable song, you know. Mm-hmm. And so 
Um, and this one really didn't have to be about relationships. It could just be with, with people in general, you know, um, with life and everything. So I, I really like this track just because I really did like Magic Jordan album and uh, what they did for me and how chill it was. I feel like just having them in it and, you know, by them being kind of new to OVO and everything, like, I, I love what they doing. I love how everybody who with OVO is, like, kind of staying in their own lane, but you can see how they can work together. Absolutely. Uh, so I like that they was a part of this album, because I really did love their album on their own. I, I think they held their own without the overshadow of being a part of Drake. So I feel like they really did hold their own, so... And they, I, I think they did their thing on this song for me. So that was what's up. I really like this song. It, I know, I know why you say it might not have made the cut. And it, it I still, just to sum it up, I really do feel like it would have been perfect on their album. But yeah. it fit here. It fit here okay. But this wasn't the album where you had to listen to it straight, like I said before. So it, it worked. It worked. You know, it was like it worked because it's a great song, but. It didn't have to be in this album. Like that's yeah. how I feel about it. And yeah, so I feel you. Alright, so now the next two songs. Woo! Uh oh. Woo, the next two songs are easily two of my favorite songs on this project. So let's let's get into the first one. Hype. Oh man. I was taking notes on my iPhone when I was listening to this album. Like every time I listened to the album I made sure I just had my iPhone next to me. So if I had thoughts and notes for the podcast, I could write it down. The first thing I wrote when when I heard this song was in all caps, so hype. <laughs> like, that's, that's all I wrote. Now, this is like, you know, really the first song on the album where he's like spitting bars. Like he's giving you that if you're reading this, it was too late bars, confidence, like that Drake. You know, he took a he took some subliminals at Meek Mill. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, a few yeah, like, I mean, the whole line right here, he said, I hate a rapper, especially they feel the same, but they hide it. They just discuss it in private. Don't get along, man. We tried it. What's the point in even trying? I hate a goofy, especially they always dying to mention me. They got to die out eventually. Oh, <laughs> I lost it in the beat. The beat, man, is is fire. So the dude, this dude, nineteen eighty five, he is one half of Division. So you know, Division is that that singer. I, I don't remember his name at the time. Um, in nineteen eighty five, the producer, they are Division. So he produces along with Boy Wonder, and they they killed it. Like the beat is flames. It really is. Like. Like, this is the song that if you go into a party and this plays, everybody's going to go crazy. If somebody DJing at a concert, they put this on, the arena's going to go crazy. In the club, going crazy. Like, this is the... Like, you can't have too many of these type of songs on an album just because then it gets kind of like one note if you're just like, you know, yelling and doing all this stuff on it, which is kind of what if you're reading this is too late, uh, it's too late was like, it was a lot of these songs, but they were like back to back to back. So it all sounded kind of like, man, Drake, why you been yelling at me for the past 30 minutes? That type of stuff. Right. 
But if you have songs like this and you space it out over a project, um, you know, that's a little shorter than this one was, it works really well. And he, he, he took it there with this one. Yeah, this is the one where you listen to the album smooth and everything, and then you hear the da da da. You like, oh, hold on, wait a minute. This sounds like Jeez. turn up a little bit. You like, all right, I hear the keys now, and then it just boom. You know, that's when you just you know let me crank up the volume a little bit. This way you start to you know if you got locks, you start shaking your locks. <laughs> you know, you got roll the window down, blast the music type. This is that moment in the album right here. So. I really like this album. I feel like he addressed some of the haters. He addressed... Uh, I, sometimes I don't know when he's addressing um, Tory Lanez and the people, other people from um, Toronto uh, that he was supposed to be cool with and everything like that. And I don't know when he addressing Meek because I feel like Meek is kind of like old news slash I still got beef with you. Don't think I forgot type thing, you know. Uh, so I, I didn't know where to uh, address, uh, where to um, direct where this this track was going towards, but I know he and I was telling my girlfriend I was telling like I mean I'm sure he has more haters than we see in the public eye, you know what I mean? Just when you make it from wherever you are, you are gonna have a lot of haters. So mm-hmm. he maybe I think with this one, I thought he was talking about. Tory Lanez and them, but mm-hmm. I didn't know, you know, I kept, I kept trying to look at, it, like, how they, their beef went, how it started off and stuff like that, and you talked about it in your podcast before, so I was trying to listen to that, I was like, it could I don't know which one he was really attacking, so, uh, I, I just thought that was like, I mean, in my head, I just wrote a mental note, like, whoever beef this was, they know who they are. <laughs> yeah. Whoever was talking trash behind his back, whoever was was being a goofy, especially a goofy, you know, <laughs> it's like whoever that was, like this was for you, and like this is when the owl, to me, took like a turn. I'm like, all right, it's it's going towards incline, you know, it's going up, and uh, yeah, he the perfect name for this song because this is when you like, all right, I'm done with all that other stuff these feelings it's time to get hype like that's yeah. awesome like it's, it's time to get hype so yeah i like this is this is easily gonna be uh on the charts if not already because mm-hmm. they're gonna play this one now we're gonna get tired of this song over the summer <laughs> i know yeah. we're gonna get tired of this one um to your point a lot of the times when he refer when he's like you know throw shots at mill a lot of the times he references Tori in the same songs. Um, this one I think it was a little less, but there's definitely some songs later where it's clear he's talking about Tory Lanez because typically he's talking about Tory when he says stuff about like backtracking because Tory Lanez, like you know, he said some stuff and then when somebody asked him about it like later, he was like, "No, I ain't got no problems with Drake. I'm a fan." And so there was, I think I don't remember what song it is. We'll get to it. But there's one song. Oh. It's in the next song, actually, in Western Road Flow, so we can go straight into that one, where he talks about, I think he says, don't get lost in the hype, don't start to backtrack, or something like that, and he's definitely talking about Tory Lanez right there. Um, So Western Road Flows, I know you appreciated this song, because he sampled Mary J. Blige in this one. I already knew, I I had to play her song first, (laughs) 
Yo, I did the same thing. I heard this. I heard this song, and as soon as I heard that sample come in, I stopped it, and I was like, "Wait, that was Mary's joint." I had to go to the My Life album, turned on Mary's joint, listened to that whole thing, and was like, "Okay, now I'm ready." Cause this song, when I when I first, well, I guess when I went back the second time and like first heard that beat come in and that soul sample, I had to crank it all the way up. I was like, this is the Drake that I really like to hear. So, you know, he has all these different songs like 9 a.m. in Dallas, 5 a.m. in Toronto, 6 p.m. in New York, uh, Paris Morton music. A lot of these different songs that are just him, you know, reflecting and, you know, uh, usually reflecting on his past, he uses it to address, you know, any issues he's having. And this song was exactly like those. He used the same flow. Even when he started it, he said, one of them ones. This is one of them ones. And I was like, yep. Yeah, I was like, he's about to go in. Um, and he had bars for days. Really, honestly, this was a song that really shows that when 40 and Drake are at their best, they make some of the best music. Because 40, he he samples soul music so well. And they're both of them love 90s R&B, so they love to sample it. Um, and they did so a few times on this album. Um, so when that sample came in, this is the beat that all Drake has to do is just, just go in. It's so easy for him to like make a hit song over a beat like this. And so, you know, he was reflecting on his past in Toronto. He was talking that talk. I think this is my favorite song on the album. Like, whenever I'm at the point now where I can just go to the album and just pick random songs I want to listen to, and this is always, always the first one that I choose. Man, this was a, this one, I mean, he could have said nothing on this track and could just sample Mary J. He could have breathed. Um, uh, uh. <laughs> Amar knows I was like my first love at a at a at a tender age, you know. Um, so like this was my girl right there. So I felt like uh, like this is a track that uh, that I felt like uh, J Cole could have just bodied, you know. Ooh, I didn't even think of that. You know, because he normally gets those smooth jazz or those R and B beats and just you know just speak his mind, you know, do his thing. And so that's another one of my favorite artists. And I was like, man, if he do like a remix of this with the same beat or whatever, I'll go crazy. But uh, yeah, I, I like this song. It was just so smooth to me. Like it was just like when um when you first asked me, like man, how you like the album? I'm like smooth. And this is the song <laughs> I was listening to. I was like, this is a smooth. He did album, say that. Man. Like I was just in the vibe of this song right here but, uh, when you asked me that, and um. Man, he he said something in this album. I don't know if it's true. Uh, some people are playing into what he was saying, you know. And he was saying like a like a lot of people uh, who's going hard right now, like thirty five and under or whatever. He's like assuming, and he's saying like he was thinking about or he planned on. He's already funded for him to retire at thirty five. And uh, somebody said like they went into. Uh, he said it in an interview or something. This is for me. Don't quote me because I got this from uh, a friend and said that when he retires, he wants to go back into acting seriously. And so I was like, ooh, you know, I know you started from acting, but 
your music career really did very well. So if you go back to acting, you know, and really his Saturday Night Live piece was really funny. And he did really well with that. But I was like, man, I don't know how old you are now, but the game, the, the, the rap, R&B, music game will miss Drake, you know, no matter what people going to say. They're they going to miss him. So I was like, man, like, I don't know how old he is, but he, he don't have that much time left. So... But like that, that's one of the things I was like when I heard I was like, wait, what? <laughs> like, wait, wait a minute, now. you know. So, but uh, this this track was so cold to me. It was just real smooth, man. I I can't really I can't really say anything wrong. When you kick it off with with Mary J, it's only so much you can really do do wrong, you know. So this is one of my favorites as well, man. Easily, whenever I feel like listening to this album, which I have been for the last few days straight. This song will be played, guaranteed. Guaranteed. Yeah, he um, he's twenty nine. He uh, he he did. He said in the interview, I think about four years ago, that he just can't um, he can't see himself st- himself still being able to make the same type of music when he's thirty five. So he said maybe he'll just be acting or whatever. He said he plans to make as much music until the story of Drake doesn't hit you the same way. And I was like. Uh, okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. I mean, that's still six years out, so he could put out three albums in between then, yeah. and then you know things change. He might that's he might rethink that. That's that's understandable. You know, I'd rather you go out on go out on top than than uh, you know me thinking your music is trash. You know, because <laughs> um, I love R. Kelly. Like I love R. Kelly, but his uh, he came out with a few questionable tracks. I'm like, man. He came out with a few questionable albums. <laughs> yeah, he came. He said what? <laughs> I said he came out with a few questionable albums. <laughs> oh man, don't go there, but he's like, you killing me, man. I knew I would set myself myself up. I'm picking him up. But, I had to. I had. Uh, to. I still got love for him, though. You know, um, but I feel like if you would have stopped and like going towards the early two thousands, that would have been cool with me, and then. Like kind of like after love letter, but that's it's not about him. Okay, so <laughs> but that's one of the things. Like if, if if Drake gets there and he's forcing it, or you know he's trying to stay current with what's popular at that time instead of staying in his lane and stuff. And I feel like you know he should just take that road out. You know, and just focus on all the things because you know you and he's investing and owning things now. So so it's. It's really not about the money at this point, you know. So, I, when I heard that in this song, I was like, "Man, I was listening. I was all in the vibe. I was like, Dang, how old is he? He ain't got that much time left, you know." Like that's just my first impression. But, yeah, this 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 song this song got me though. This song really got me. So, yeah, this my this one of my tracks right here. I can't. Like yeah. Alright, let's let's see. Let's run through some more. Um, the next one is Redemption. What you got on that one? This is, alright, alright. I know I said this already, but for the slow tracks, this is my favorite one for the slow tracks. For the for the slow, slow, slow ones. When he talking about pure feelings and everything, um, this is the one for me. I don't know why it is. Maybe it really pertains to me. Um, but I don't know. It's just like, he's just, he just questioning, you know, why he did certain things and the women he liked, um, and just knowing that, you know, I, 
uh, he just searching. You know, he just he 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 doesn't know where he is right now type thing, um, and doesn't know where to say or what to do type thing. So I mean, a lot of times you can get into that mode. You know, whether it's in the relationship or most I pertain it to a relationship like with a girlfriend or a, a boyfriend, whatever, however you feel, you know, whether it's a woman or a male. But, you know, and I was like, man, this song is it's cold, man. Like, um, you know, you're just saying you lost his way, you try to figure out what to say to you, you know, type thing. Or even when, like when you lying and stuff, you know, you got caught in a lie, you know, just like, okay, I know you know I'm lying. I just don't know what to say or I know you know the truth or whatever and so I, I just this track was cold like this this is one of those songs out that uh you think ain't nobody looking or you walking like for me I'm walking to class and you know you might catch me trying to sing this song knowing I can't sing you know because this is one of those songs that just bring it out of you for me it just it just brings it out of me man so this is this is one of my tracks right here I can't I can't say anything wrong around. This is the beat didn't need that much. It's really like a bass and a drum just hitting the thing. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know, that's that's all you need uh, for what the lyrics were and how he, you know, had that Drake monotone singing. You know, just this was just cool for me. I don't know. I may feel different later on about this song. Like it may not pertain to me later on, but I can't imagine like this song. Um, either being, because I feel like he switched it up from from being about him to being like from the woman's perspective. So it was like he was saying, "I've lost my way. I've done this. I've done this. I don't know what to say." And then it was like, "It's redemption on your mind when you think about me." I'm like, "Oh, now he's talking from like her perspective or him imagining how she feels about it." And so I really like this song. That's just how I interpreted this song. Yeah, this was a. This was a classic Drake and his feelings track for sure. Um, somebody tweeted um, Beyonce's album made me um, break up with my boyfriend, and now I'm listening to Drake, and I want to take him back. <laughs> and this song is is like the epitome of that tweet. Um, you know, he's reflecting on his relationships in Toronto. Um, it's very similar to some of the slow jams from So Far Gone, so I thought it was interesting that he kind of took things back to that type of style. Um, also interesting, when I did the research, I didn't realize this and I had to listen back, but he sampled One Wish by Ray J in this song, and I didn't even, I didn't even catch that, but like, the beat, like in the background, you can kind of hear it, it's like Ray J's like voice is like, you know, kind of manipulated in the background, so that was kind of cool. Um... But yeah, as far as Drake slow jams go, this one this one is up there. Like this this will make you this will make you think. <laughs> um like, should I go back? Should I stay away? <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. You don't know what to do. <laughs> um so yeah, so then the next song he completely flipped the entire vibe, you know, you know, he went from, you know, the song about redemption to a song that's you know real bouncy and real really party next door took this song over it's and you know it reminds me when he put out if you're reading this is too late he had that song that was called i think it's called wednesday wednesday night interlude or something like that and it was pretty much just party next door singing like drake didn't even appear on the song and this reminded me of that because 
you know, Drake really knows how to use features, and especially when it comes to the OVO features, um, you know, he knows when to take a step back and let an artist, like, take over a song like he did with this one. And so this one was just, you know, a nice party next door upbeat song about, you know, good relationships. Had a Jeremiah cameo at the end. Um, so that was dope to hear all three of those voices on the same song. But yeah, I thought I thought this song was dope. It was an interesting addition to the album. Yeah, it definitely had that... Uh... I don't know if I'm going to sound ignorant, but like that, like Caribbean feel, you know, I was expecting to hear like a Rihanna tune coming (laughs) in, this song, and like one other song outside of the song that she was actually in, I was like, all right, Rihanna could have been in the song, just because like her flow and like how she has a lot of her songs and, you know, where she's from, uh, I would have liked her on this song, but Party did his thing on this song, like it didn't need her. I feel like the other song could have really used her, but uh, I like this. I like how Drake came in. It almost sounded like this was Party Next Door's song, and Drake was featuring it. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, so I, I really like this song, but it gave me, you know, from Redemption, once again, he took you low and then he's bringing you up, you know, till you want to, you know, grab somebody and start dancing and <laughs> doing, like, the salsa or something on the dance floor. I don't know what to do but you know it was really cool and I heard Jeremiah and I was like is that Jeremiah you know cause he got that voice you know like you, you always got a question like wait but you know he, he can really sing and I, I yeah. kinda know his sound so it was it was nice him being in there I don't know what what that does to me maybe it's just like cause we're both from Chicago like you know we so it's like you're like okay he on there he on yeah, there yeah. up you know like he really didn't do much but repeat what everybody else was saying so like but I mean, anything helps, you know. That probably got him a paycheck. Who knows? For sure, for <laughs> yeah. sure. So, um, but yeah, I thought it was really. I thought he. This song was who you know. It wasn't like it was like my favorite, but I feel like it was needed for the transition into the other songs from it being so so down, and it was needed to to bring it back up a little bit and to get you in like the playful vibe for where the album is about to go. So yeah, yeah, you know. I didn't really think about that, about how this song definitely set the tone for what the next, like, five songs sounded like. Like, because Redemption got really low, and then this song went up, and it kind of stayed up. So, like, the next song, Faithful, um, stayed up, and, you know, it was basically a song about, you know, being faithful. Um, And he had, interestingly enough, a Pimp C verse, Rest in Power to Pimp C. Rest in Power, man. He, um you know, one half of the legendary UGK. So he took this verse, Jay-Z released a Tom Ford remix, um, 2014, I think. So soon after Magna Carta came out and Pimp C had a verse on the remix that I guess Jay-Z, you know, got from his estate or whatever. And so Drake sampled the Tom Ford remix and that's how he got this Pimp C verse. Um, and so this is also, like, good pop Drake. Like, this is the pop Drake that you don't really get tired of. Um, he started off with the dope Pimp C verse. He had, you know, some dope, you know, singing, rapping going on. And then, of course, one of my new favorite groups at the moment, Division, he threw them on at the end because, I mean, they're they're signed to his label. So, you know, he had to 
you know, let them get on this, especially get them some more um, attention since they just released their debut album. So they came through and shut it down. They shut it down. Um, And there was also, I feel like there was a sample in this beat that I really liked. Um, Yeah, okay. So Ideal was this R&B group from back in the day, I think the 90s. And he sampled one of their songs called Get Gone. You all should check that out. Actually, I'm going to put that in the description. Um, Get Gone by Ideal is definitely the homework. You got to listen to that song. So Drake sampled it in this song. Um, And yeah, Faithful is dope. It's a dope song. Yeah, I I like this. I like this one, though. I I really did like this one. Um, I love Pimp C's verse. I really did like um, UGK at a young age where... You find out music through BET music videos. <laughs> um, that's what I, I really did like. Uh, Pimp C and UGK, they just had bars. So it was nice to hear his voice again because around the time he passed away, you know, all of a sudden he was featured on everything, you know. Um, and so that's why I like Faithful because um, they had Pimp C in there. And uh, it was just doing you know, one of those relationship things, but it was like. To me, it was like in a in a playful way, but it was you you could take it serious, but it was just like oh, you 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 think they she thinks you cheating and he almost admitting it to her like yeah that you know whatever knows me better than I know myself <laughs> you know like cause it's kind of like you know when you in a relationship your girl know you more than you would wish you would have hoped she knows you you know so. <laughs> Um, and so I thought it was like, he had a, a few funny lines in here about, uh, different things like that, uh, about being faithful and stuff, but I like this song. I like this song. Now, this song wasn't on my list. At first it was, and other than Pip C being on it, and then I was like, you know what? No, I'm tripping. Like, I have to hear it again. I was like, all right, no, 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 I'm tripping, I'm tripping. Like, no, nah, this song gotta be on here. Mm-hmm. Because like you said, it kind of flowed with, um, how the album was going from it being so depressing and it just kept going up for me uh, on this album it just the album just kept going up into my going into like my good like my favorite hype songs like dance songs really um, not really hype songs but like dance songs I got you stuff you really could play like at a party uh, even though I don't really go to parties, I'm just saying like a party that you can just get people to dance to yeah. like real easy, you know, where it's not forced. So I like this track. It was funny how he was talking about different faithful things and how it could be relatable, but some things can't be relatable with, you know, I ain't, I don't have the temptation that Drake has. Really, so. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so it ain't like that relatable. For real. But yeah, it was, it was funny though. It was cool. I like this track. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the um the tempo kind of stays up for like I'd say majority of that uh rest of the album. So the next song, I don't have much to say about this song, but I do really like this song still here. So this is just like typical, you know, Drake just spitting, you know, sing rapping Drake. Like, you know, it's it's real catchy. Like, you know, I I actually find myself just like saying this randomly when I'm like when I'm like at work or something, just like me and all my niggas doing well duh. like it makes you just wanna just makes you wanna dance. You gotta do that point. You do, you gotta hey. 
right. Yeah, this song, this song definitely makes you want to dance. It's got bars. The production is dope, especially the way it starts off. It like really builds. Um, so yeah, this was a good Drake song through and through. This was for me, it wasn't like, he really wasn't saying anything that that you need to really hold on to. It was yeah. just like that beat and the chorus, it was very, very uh, repetitive. So whatever he was about to say, he was about to say it again and maybe twice. But it was just one of those songs with the beat, you can just start flowing and dance. Like It's like one of those songs where you in the car with your friend and y'all just pointing at each other like, <laughs> you my dude, you know, you my guy, we rapping this song, you say it the first time, I'll say it the second time. Right. <laughs> so, like, it was just like, it's, it's a song that's easy to remember because everything is saying, it's, it's repetitive, so, um, this song, I feel like it's gonna be on the radio, it's just too easy. Absolutely. Um, and it's, it's gonna be, I'm gonna hate this song by the end of the summer, uh, <laughs> once again, because, I mean, I don't know if it's just Chicago, but they really do kill good songs. They <laughs> are <laughs> really mediocre songs at times. But uh, this is one of those songs where it's just it's too easy for the radio to take and um, do what they do, which is just destroy great songs by <laughs> how many times it's played within an hour. So, yeah, like, for uh, real. No offense to them. That's what they got to do. They got to play what people want to hear. But, yeah, this is a good song to get people hyped. Uh not with not much substance so true know. true um that's just, but that's that's how rap is um, unfortunately now popular rap doesn't have much sub- substance true that's just how I, I feel about it yeah you don't need to have um much of a message to make a song that a rap song that'll do really well on the radio so i think this song was perfect for that mm-hmm. um the next song i don't have too much to say about this one i might go pretty quick on this one controller I, he could have kept this one too. Now, <laughs> now this song came out like we'd heard the song before the album, and it had Pop Can on it, who's a famous dance hall, uh, you know, Jamaican artist. But he took Pop Can off of this song to put like a Beanie Man sample in there. This song is definitely Caribbean influence. Um, the only thing I can really say is that it was a great transition into the next song, One Dance. Like, like both songs are, like, are Caribbean influence and have got that, like, dance hall vibe. So they, like, Controller really transitioned into the next one really well. But um, it's not that I hate the song, because I think it's a, I think it's a decent song, and it definitely sounds decent. It's just, I, I at this point in the album, I think we're, like, maybe 12 songs in. It's just like, man, I'm... Um, you're kind of giving me too much of this pop, you know, Caribbean Drake. Like, I just want to hear you rap. Ooh. Uh, this song always gets me one to dance, man. I just, <laughs> I, this is the song I was talking about earlier where I was like, okay, Rihanna could have made this song better, in my opinion. Um, a lot of the times I, with this song... I find myself just liking the song because of the chorus, because it's so like, because he kind of used like controller or control her type thing. I thought mm-hmm. that was kind of clever, but you know, I'm, I'm simple minded at times, you know, work <laughs> with me. So like that was one of the things I was like, I like that a little bit. I like that, you know, DJ kind of. I like that. <laughs> you know, so, another one. Uh, that was just how um, I, I feel about this song. I think it could have. 
I'm not trying to say I'm not that big of a Rihanna fan. I don't want y'all to say like I love Rihanna, but with the, with with the flows he had in this song, um, I'm really not into that much pop music. So uh, she's the first person that came to mind when um, I heard this beat, and I was like, man, this song was missing something other than just you know the Caribbean vibe. It could have had you know. Caribbean rapper or something. It just needed something outside of just him. I don't know. But I like the chorus and I like the flow. So I feel like somebody could pick this this beat up and dare I say do better. (laughs) But um, somebody could use this and do and do damage in a good way. So I like the song um, and what he was saying a little bit. You know, just saying like. I'll ride for you, I'll die for you type thing, and just how the song was, and it was just like a, a kind of meaningful song, and like just telling the girl he liked her and stuff like that, but other than that, it really wasn't much, it, it, it kind of needed a few things, but like you said, it went perfect with um, One Dance, and it, it goes perfect into that transition, so it served as, if that was a purpose, for me it was a purpose, so it served its purpose. You know, it's a nice transition. So that's like I didn't have that much to say, but that's all I have with this song. I listened to the chorus. Once I hear the chorus one time, I'm next song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. To your point, yeah, it makes sense that Rihanna sounds good on all of these songs, or like would sound good because you know this is really her music. Like this is her type of music. Like you know that Caribbean vibe is like that's her thing. Like that's where she was where she was raised. Um. So that's why, you know, she would really add a lot to any of those songs. And I think if Pop, if he had kept Pop Can on it, um, it also would have made this song a little better. But, um, you know, it is still a good song. Um, and, you know, the message is nice and, like, bubbly and uplifting. Um, going into the next song, One Dance, uh, he sampled Kyla's Do Your Mind. Um, this is one of the singles that he released. It's... It's great. It's gonna. It probably is already doing well on the radio. I don't listen to the radio anymore, so I don't ever know, like how songs are doing on the radio unless I look at Billboard. But, um, it. This was a perfect single. It's catchy. It gets stuck in your head, um, which is it, it's like Drake. Drake has mastered the pop thing at this point. Um, as you can tell by multiple songs on this album, like at least four or five, like. Feel No Ways is pop for sure. With You is pop. Um, Still Here is like pop rap. Controller, uh, easily go on the radio. One Dance, and then like maybe one or two more songs. So, you know, he knows what he's doing. Um, One Dance is a dope song. That's all I got to say about it. It's um, it's a great sample. Drake's getting his pop singing on. It's something that he's, he's good at. Honestly, say when he came out with uh, what did he come out with? Uh, uh, Pop style and one dance. I was like, I can get with pop style. I like pop style, but I was like, one dance. I I really don't know about that song. Like, I it really I'm not feeling it. I remember talking to my friends. It was like, I don't know what's up with that song. Like, that's just. I hope his whole album not gonna be like this. I was really worried, you know, because he came out with it a while ago. And then I, I stopped and I was like, maybe it's going to go with his album, you know. Because at first I was like, all right, we already have 
Hotline Bling. We he gave us Pop Style. He gave us another song, and then we have One Dance. I'm like, how is this gonna all come together? Like, yeah, Drake, do your thing, man, because I don't know what's going on, but. Um, man, the more I heard this song, I really like it. So, like, I just like it. That's what it's supposed to do. It gets stuck in my head so easy. Other than that, it's just like, it's just one of those perfect dance songs, you know. Uh, I think he had the right features in it. Um, this isn't the song that has no substance. It's a dance song, and he's talking like, you know, why he needs that one dance, and talking to her about before he leaves and stuff like that. I really like that. You know, that was real cool to me. So this is, once again, it's easy pop on the radio, a great single. I was I was doubting it. Actually, I saw this uh, Facebook um, video, and it was like, oh, I don't like this new track. It was kind of like how I just explained. And, you know, after the, you know, kind of like how Drake is for me at times. Is you got to listen to him a few times. Like, the first thing, like, I don't know how I feel about that, you know. And then you keep listening, and all of a sudden you caught um, <laughs> in front of your friends when you just bash the song, you caught dancing to it and singing it all the time. So that's kind of like what this track did for me. I was just, I really didn't get with it. And I was, it kept coming up on my iPod, I mean, iPhone on shuffle. And I was like, all right, I'm going to listen to it. And I'm like, man, this, this sounds good. You know, all of a sudden you're <laughs> hopping in your seat, then all of a sudden. You know, you nod your head a little bit, tap your foot, and then it's just in your head. You stuck. You 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 hooked now. So that's one of the things that uh, I I got from this song. But I I really like it now. Now I'm looking for it. It's it's just crazy how he can take control. La, he can control la. You know. <laughs> I know. I see what you did there. I see what you did. <laughs> but yeah, this song was good. This song was good. <laughs> um, so the next song was Grammys. Um, featuring Future. What do you think about this song? Yeah, he, he, it turned back up. It turned back up, definitely. Yeah, he, uh, <laughs> they said that, you know, like, at this point, we know they got their chemistry now. Like, we, when you see it and you see Features, and uh, you saw Future was on there, I was like, all right, we're about to get another, you know, um, what was the name of their mixtape? What a Time to Be Alive. Yeah, what a t- what a time to be alive. There's gonna be another one at home, man. And so right when it started, started with the beat going crazy. I was like, all right, yeah, this is. I'm, I'm glad it wasn't. I'm singing Drake. Yes, like I'm ready for him to get us hyped. So right from um, actually the last song where you really got hype was was hype. You know, like, true. So, um, this is the one of those turn up the volume, roll down the windows. You got a sunroof, open that up. You know, and just go crazy, you know. And then Future came in and did Future, you know. He's like, they got like, they what a Grammys, you know. Like, that song was just funny to me. Like, when I heard that, I started laughing. And they, they, they just went crazy. I mean, I just feel like they just got that chemistry and, and they, they let each other take the mic and do their thing. So I was really excited for this song. And, uh, you know, he just yelling at, you know, doing this thing, and they, they poking fun at a few things, or, um, like, different women and guys, or how they react to things like that, but I thought this was real funny, and they probably had a lot of fun with this song, and I heard when they was making What a Time to Be Alive, they made a whole lot of tracks, and so this is probably the one they really liked, or the one they wanted to use, and, um, it could have been on Dirty Sprite too. It could have been on What a Time to Be Alive. It could have been on 
any of those future tracks, but I really like it on, on here just because, I don't know, he just rubbed me the right way with this song. I don't know if it could have been right behind One Dance, but I, I really like this song. This is one of my obvious favorites. You know, you're going to hear this one a whole lot, too. Just yeah. Really just because of Drake and Future, because they really not down from What a Time to Be Alive, in my opinion, and uh, Future just came out with his album. And so I'm like, it, they they still together on the rise because they did this mixtape together. Future come out with his album, then Drake coming out with his. You know, they they just about and then they about to go on tour. Um, Drake about to go on tour, so it's really got my text. It's really their time, their time to be alive for real. <laughs> like so, um, I, this easy favorite like top five. Five songs on this um, top five, top five on this uh, top. On this album. So, you know, hey, top five, I see what you five. did. I see what you did. Um, this is definitely a point. So when you have albums that are this long, like I mean, it's twenty songs. You get to a point where the album is never going to be cohesive, like to the point where like you're going to have one style of song and then the next one just isn't going. Like unless you're not when you're somebody as complex as Drake who can do so many things. Future can make a 20-track album and every song will sound exactly the same. That's just that's just how Future is. But, so yeah, so this was the point where I was like, man, you just had one dance and then you went into this, which is, this is confident, Drake. It's braggadocious. I literally wrote down in the notes, Future doing Future. Like, that's that's what he did. That's what he did. He came out, he repeated a lot of stuff, and then he delivered a verse, and, you know, it was fun. It was clear that they they made this during the What a Time to Be Alive sessions. Um, Drake's verse actually reminded me a lot of a verse that Ye would do. Um, like, recent Ye, not like old Ye. Like, I feel like Ye would have done a verse like this on, like, um, The Life of Pablo or something like that. Um, so, yeah, it was dope. It was dope. Grammys is definitely another one of the songs that you can turn up in the club or at a party just like hype. Um yeah, this this is the rapping that it's like, you know, I could have used a little bit more of this on the album. But yeah, definitely definitely one of my top songs. Um Future, Future is hilarious on this song. Man. He is. Like he really wasn't saying anything for a while. It's just like he was just saying noise and like the case saying, Woof I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> like, what did he just say? You know, I feel like that a lot with Future, but like, you know, he he knows what he's what he's good at at this point. He's not changing for no one. So yeah, I've just accepted that. Like I don't know what he's saying sometimes, but he's he's fitted into his role. And I feel like at this point, if he tries to do something different, it won't sound right. So they did they thing on this track. So the next song is called Child's Play. I literally have nothing to say about this track. I I didn't need it. I didn't need it at all. Um. The only thing I wrote down in my notes was all caps. Why you gotta fight with me at cheesecake? Cause that's just <laughs> yo. That's my favorite part. He just says, "Why you gotta fight with me at cheesecake?" You know I like to go there. I was like, "Is he really talking about Cheesecake Factory right now?" <laughs> that's yeah that's the only that's the only thing that I really say about this. The song was kind of forgettable to the point where I can't even remember what it sounds like but besides that line it you know it was one of the songs that are gonna fall victim to having this long of an album where he thought it needed to be on there, and it really didn't yeah uh, it was okay um, I don't know if it was the 
pretty forgettable. And I feel like he was just like, it was just in the middle of the song. He was just like, why, why did you do that? It was, it was like Brandon was like, rode that bitch like a soldier, rode it like a soldier. Like, I thought we was just talking about child's play. Like, what are you? I'm not understanding like how that was relevant in the song. Um, but yeah, I, it really, it struggled. I struggled to remember information and <laughs> like bars from the song like that, other than being like. Immature, I guess, you know, but it was like you said, it was pretty forgettable. But I, that was my favorite part. Like, why you gotta argue me like Jesus? You know, I like to go there. Another relatable Drake line, you know, you know, people that go there drive Camrys and stuff. I was like, dang, you know, like <laughs> just coming at us, you know, like mm-hmm. on, our, on our average cars, you know. So uh, I thought that was funny, but I just feel like a lot of times in this track, like he didn't know what to do. Like he slowed it down and he's saying like weird stuff and then. He let the beat play out for a little bit, and then he just wrote it like a soldier, like a soldier. I'm like, what is that for? It <laughs> was. Like, I just, I, this was a, this was another one on my list where he could have just, uh, yeah, he could have took this one off. Yeah, and that that was a sample too. Um, right. It's this. It's some New Orleans dude named Hot Sizzle. He has a song called "Road That Dick Like a Soldier." <laughs> yeah, it did, it didn't really make sense in the context of the song. It was like, why, why are we, why are we talking about that? Um, so the next song is "Pop Style," which is another one of the singles he released at the same time as "One Dance," which I actually just found out. I was trying to figure out what "Pop Style" means because he keeps saying, um, um, "What does he say? All my niggas want to do pop style." I was like, "What does that mean?" But it's Jamaican slang for ballin', which I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> that makes sense. Um, so the the song that, that he released earlier had the throne on it. Well, kind of. So it had like three seconds from Jay-Z and then it had a dope, uh, a dope verse from Kanye. But the out the version that he put on the album was just him. So he took off the throne and it was just his verse. So I've got explanations. So first, let's talk about why Jay-Z <laughs> only rapped for five seconds on the original version of Pop Style. So Drake said in his interview with Zane Lowe that Kanye sent him the song like that. So like Kanye sent Drake the song back with five seconds of Jay and um, <laughs> and Kanye's verse. So, Jay, I guess, was just in the room with Kanye when Kanye was working on his verse or whatever. And Kanye was like, yo, Jay, you should get on and say the first few lines that Drake says. And so, Jay was like, all right. So, that's why he only says, like, five five seconds. It wasn't like he went in to do a verse and that's all he decided to do. Ye was laying his verse down and was just like, hey, Jay, get on this for, like, a little bit. And he sent it to Drake like that. Now... Now, the reason that they're not on the new thing, Drake said it was just business. You know, he looked at everything and he said, I think he said he was very vague, but he made it seem like the response he got from it wasn't exactly what he wanted. So he decided to keep his on there. He also said it was like, you know, it was just a business thing that didn't work out. So what I think happened is the fact that Jay-Z is title that they didn't want, you know, to have like a Jay-Z verse on an album that was going to be exclusively on Apple Music. Like, they're competing, so it wouldn't have been a good look for Tidal. So I think that that's the business decision that... Because Drake was like, yeah, you know, 
it was a business decision that neither of us really we couldn't really do anything about it like it's it's whatever so i think that's what that's about um drake's verse his new verse is good um but once you give us jay-z and kanye you can't take that away like kanye went in like that was that was a good kanye verse but yeah pop style is dope um it's also a dope song that'll go well on the radio Like you said, Pop Stars is still a good song. Um, if I didn't hear Kanye and Jay-Z with the few lines he had, I still would have liked the song. It's not like he, you know, he didn't do well. I was just kind of disappointed that they weren't on there. Yeah, yeah. That's all it was. And, and Kanye, you know, delivered a track after his own album. And, and it's always good to hear from Jay-Z, the, le- the living legend. So, um that's just one of the, well, that, that's all I have about it, really, you know, because I already like the song, and I know it's been out for a while, so I've really gotten adjusted to it, uh, but I was like, you know, at first I was like, where's Jay-Z, you know, I was like, oh, where's Drake, Drake was hating, man, like, you know, <laughs> but, you know, just me being closed-minded, so that does make a lot of sense, I'm glad I had an explanation, because, um, I was struggling to rip, to figure out like what could have been the issue, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I didn't realize, so I didn't realize this album wasn't on title at all. It wasn't on title at all. Oh, I don't know. I don't know if it's on title. I just know that um, for like the first few days, it was exclusively on Apple Music, so I know that could have could have raised some issues from the title camp. Um, but I don't know. I haven't I haven't checked title since Beyonce dropped, and now that I bought it, I haven't gone back to the app. Um. But yeah, um, fun fact, Kanye and Drake apparently live up the street from each other. Um, he said that in his Zane Lowe interview, he said sometimes he'll be at his house and somebody will come in and be like, hey, yo, man, Kanye's in the kitchen talking to your mom. He said he came here to work. <laughs> and Drake's like, what? Drake's like, oh, okay, because they just live up the street from each other. So I guess Kanye just stops in every now and then because they're good friends. <laughs> Like, I feel like Kanye could abuse that at times. Like, yo, man, can you call me, please, man? You don't own everything. Like, hit me up, man. Yeah. But that's pretty cool. And I ain't even gonna lie, I'm jealous. <laughs> I know. So now the now the I love to be in between those houses. <laughs> now the um pool bigger than Kanye line makes a lot more sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't want us to have a bigger pool than Kanye. Because <laughs> they live up the street. Oh, man. Um. So the next song. I'm going to zoom through probably the next couple songs. Too Good um, is another Rihanna collaboration. Um, it's got a, a huge you know, Caribbean vibe to it as well. It obviously probably stemmed from the work. Actually, it did stem from the work session. So when they were making work for Rihanna's album, um, he followed it up, said he had a good song for it. And when she sent it back, they knew right then that it was Flames. Um They've got great chemistry, you know. They've done four songs together. Take care, or yeah, take care. Uh, What's my name? Um, work, and now this song. And all of them are, you know, they have great chemistry. They're great tracks. They're all talking about relationships, and obviously because they've got a history, they're able to make these songs, you know, work really well. No pun intended. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, 
I, I like this song. I, I don't know if they... I'm really not sure if they dated or not. I don't know if they did, but they... They did. They really do have good chemistry. Oh, okay. And, like, their stage presence was... Um, is amazing too so i i know I, I like when they when they do work i know that's been blowing up because they you know you just have fun and you, you can tell like they mature and they're still like playing off the possibility that they still talking or playing off the possibility that they are dating or whatever you know what i mean so um they just with him being on her album she being on his album is both being hot tracks um it's a nice smooth song and I just feel like they they just killed this song for real. Like, um, easily relatable again, and she didn't overdo it. Like she came in with like the smooth Rihanna, because you know sometimes she get to yelling and you know doing her own thing. But she, I feel like she took the back seat. Like, all right, this is not your song. This is not. It's more of Drake's song, but this is like our song, you know. And they really work together with this song. And I really no like pun it. intended. Um. Drake tried to sing a little bit on his own, a little bit. Tried to test the, those little uh, lines or those little runs a little bit throughout the song. And I feel like he, he, he did his own thing, you know, by still staying in his, in his lane with that. So I like it a lot. I like this song a lot. Yeah. Um, the next song is a short interlude called Summer's Over. Um, it's interesting to note here is Drake said that this album is kind of like about the seasons in Toronto. So it kind of starts off like winter, then it goes into summer, and then it goes back into winter again. So this would see the end of the summer part. Um, and it's pretty much Magic Jordan um, just singing. Like I said, Drake really knows how to step aside sometimes and let the other artists do their thing. And this is the best I think I've ever heard Magic Jordan sound. Well, let me let me backtrack. It's just Magic at this point because Jordan's just a producer. So this is just Magic. Um, and he sounds great. And it's a really, really good interlude. It's a great track. Um, I honestly think if he had deleted a few songs, cut this album down to maybe... 15 tracks instead of 20 rearrange some things the entire like landscape of the album would have changed and i think a lot of people would have received it a little better um than they did but yeah this was a dope interlude shout out to magic jordan and Matt, just magic yeah just magic i gotta i actually thought this was um this was sampled i don't know why i didn't think like somebody just saying just that short, you know, but I really do like to sing it. I mean, I can't say anything bad about it. It was just a smooth interlude. Mm -hmm. Um, so I mean, he, he did his thing and that's all I like to really say about that one, you know, um, I think between fire and desire and too good, it kind of needed something in between, uh, once again, to bring it down. Um, you know, because the next, the next few songs going out of the out of the album is going down and up and down. You know, so I mean, or up and down and down. Uh, you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so um, I like I like the song. It was short and sweet, but it was it was nice vocals in there. So yeah, absolutely. Um, so now this song, the next song, "Fire and Desire." 
So it, it says something about, you know, which songs are my favorite on the album. You know, I'm all about old school R&B and 90s R&B specifically. And this song sampled another R&B track. So Brandy, when she released her debut self-titled album, uh, I think she was only 15 at this point. Um, she had a song called I Dedicate and she, it, she did it in three parts. So throughout the album, the song came back in. Um, and it was kind of like a consistent thing throughout the album. So 40, um, sampled this track, um, and it's another great R&B sample. And then Drake came in and, you know, he did his singing and this is again, the legit singing, not like the pop singing. Like this is him actually trying to hit some certain notes. Um, and I think he did a decent job. Like this was, this is one of my favorite songs. It kind of reminds me of Jungle from, if you're reading this, it's too late, um yeah like, like like I said when 40 when 40 is at his best Drake is at his best so out of the songs there are eight songs that 40 is the primary producer meaning like you know he was the main producer he's listed first in the credits as the producer for these songs those songs were nine you with me uh western road flows redemption faithful Grammys, Child's Play, Fire and Desire. So those eight songs, he was the primary producer. And, you know, most of those songs um, were like some of my favorites from the project. So, you know, 40 is a great producer and there's no denying the um, chemistry he and Drake have and the relationship they've built in person and on wax. Like it's it's just great. So whenever they get together, they always deliver some good music. couldn't agree more and I'm not even surprised that 40 was on a lot of the, the tracks that we didn't name on all the tracks we didn't name as throwaways or could have left out of the album um I really like this song man it was just like you know um, why you should be in a relationship with that person type thing and dedication and all this stuff just knowing you love somebody type thing it was real smooth uh going out and once of the one of those Another one of those things that could be um, how he was relatable in terms of just relationship where you feel that vibe for somebody or that fire, you know, because I, I really like even the name of it was kind of different for me. Fire and desire or, or like when you having that urge to like somebody or go to the next the next step uh, with somebody. So uh, I really like this track. The, I didn't know it was sampled by Brandy. Um, but I knew it was sample. I just had that feel that it was sample, even though I was wrong about the interlude. But, <laughs> um, I, I really like this one, and uh, he did his thing with this one. And, you know, he had the smooth vocals. He he didn't try to push it too much because, you know, he he had a, a lot to say in this one. So I really like this track. I ain't, I'm, like, I'm not complaining about this one at all. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so now we get into the... It's not the last track, but I'm just going to say it's the last track because the last track was technically Hotline Bling, and that's that's old news. We've already talked about that. Um, so the last new track on the project was Views, um, the titular track. Um, and so he sampled the Winans, the Winans brothers on this one to start, um, which is a gospel song. 
Yeah, man, he took it straight back to the roots. Um, and when I originally heard that sample, I think he played it. Huh? He played it on OVO Sound Radio at some point when he revealed some new song. I don't remember which one it was. Um, and it was kind of random, and I was like, "What is he gonna use that sample for?" But it makes sense in the scheme of this album because it seems like he's talking to Toronto, his city, talking about like the question is, "Will I ever leave you?" The answer is no. So I think this sample worked really well because this is the last track of the album, really. And you know how he likes to go in on outros. He did it on the ride for Take Care. He loves to just spit bars to end an album, which is exactly what he should do. It's a typical Drake outro. He's really rapping like he's giving you the bars. Um, I'm glad that the track that the album was named off of is a really good track. Um, It's a whole you know, ode to loyalty and faithfulness. And, you know, he also takes some more shots at Meek. You know, he just talks about his life, um, his road to success. You know, it's a great, a great end to the album. Um, So, yeah, I think, oh, also it's important to note that that Manish guy that I mentioned, he also produced this track. So he's... So he, you know, he came off the bench this album, you know, he hit a couple three-pointers and best believe Coach Drake is going to put him in the game a lot more often now. What you going to do when your name is called? Hey. You got to step up to the plate. For real. He snapped. He snapped on this one. I, I like this one. Views is, Views should have been an out, out, uh, outro. I didn't like Hotline Bling. I just think he just threw it in there just because, I mean, Hotline Bling came out, came out during like winter time so I really didn't care for it to be in it or the song period but um that's neither here nor there so um, so but but views he, he snapped on this song beat production was 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 cold to me uh one of the songs where he did you know he had bars he just had a lot to say um you know throwing shots you know like just like you said typical Drake outro like this this song left a good lasting impression of the album. I was like, okay, he left off with a good note. Um, this is when I started thinking like I'm I'm in the song, but this is it. So it's just all did it meet my expectations and everything like that. So I get to that question again after views because I took it as you know looking back on his city and everything like that. I know I perceived it as that too. And even with the um, album cover, um, with the views, with that, and with this song being at the end, and I felt like it could have been perceived as, you know, looking back on all his work on the album, you know, at, by it being at the end, you know, you look back and see, you know, how's the view from this album? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That just let you hear or whatever. That's just how me they probably just thinking too much into it, but... Um, but yeah, I, I really thought this song was cool. He had bars, and I, I like the sample. I like the wine to the roots. I, I, uh, I like. <laughs> I know that whole song, you know, backwards by now. For so, real. <laughs> like, so, uh, but yeah, it was it was a nice. Uh, this song was cool to me. It was one of my favorites. Uh, definitely like top ten. But um, you said that earlier that you said that if you 
would have rearranged the album, you would have had probably like 15. I know when I did the calculations, I probably would have had about uh, 16 at the most and 15 or 14 at the least that I could have, you know, booted out of um, of the album. So, I mean, it was, it was a smooth album. I understand, like, some songs are just for, like, fillers and smooth and for a transition to ease the mood, but uh, this one was a perfect outro, uh, outro to get out of the album and to have a last impression on the people outside of Hotline. But I, mean, I mean, I think he just threw that in there. For, <laughs> just because, man. Just yeah. Cause. <laughs> yeah. So what, uh, what are your lasting impressions of the album? Oh, I, I just feel like it was a, a solid, smooth album, man. I mean, like I said at the beginning, you have everything, every aspect of Drake in this album. You know, you got the the emotional, you have the hype one, you know, the cocky one, the, you know, the love, the dancing, the pop, you know, type thing. So you really got all of Drake in this album, um, but I feel like it needed, like, if it was going to have 20... And I know I got a little spoiled with um, listening to Kendrick so much and a lot of artists like him who have their albums uh, all cohesive and have, like, you, it's, it's, it, it sounds better when it's in the order of the album. Uh, but I would have liked a few songs out out of it. It didn't have to be, it didn't have to be all cohesive. But some of the songs were just like, ah, I, I could have done without it. Or it could have might have worked on better on another project type thing. So um, that's just how I feel about it. I think I could have used another like one or two like really songs that hit it. You know, I really can't tell if it could have been another slow song or another hype song. But right now I'm thinking it could have had one more like hype song in there, like another Grammys hype or. Uh, or views. Just if I had another one of those, I would have been cool, you know. Or another like a lot of um, another song with a lot of uh, a lot of lyrics in it, you know. That that's kind of deep. If I had like one of both of those, um, it would have been perfect. But I think it, it this album served its its purpose as a whole. Uh, I didn't really hear any bad things about this album. Uh, so I really wouldn't know other than other than that, and if I dare say anything bad to a few of my friends or a few people that have heard it already, you know, I, I'm already cautious to even <laughs> say my real opinion around some people who are like major Drake fans. But um, that's all I have right now. Of course, I'm gonna listen to it a little bit more. It hasn't been a full week yet, so I've been uh, listening to it, listening to it a lot lately, and just uh, trying to get a sense of it because it could be a that I can understand a song more and like it more than another song that I said earlier. So that's just my lasting views and uh, my last impression on it. Really wish he kept out Hotline Bling. I really heard that song too much by now. That was uh, my only, that's my main pet peeve. Like, with it. I was like, why? You know, but other than that, I was all cool with this, with this album. It's, it's, 
it met my expectations. I don't know if it met the expectations of how much he uh, promoted it so far in advance and um, how, you know, that was, just, that was just his thing. So, we'll see. I don't know how the numbers did yet either with it because it hasn't been a full weekend and everything like that. But It's, it's going to be serious. Um, so, since they changed the n- numbering system so that streams are somehow included. I don't know exactly how it works, but streams are somehow included in the numbers. I think I read somewhere that he did 630,000 uh like equivalent sales in the first day and that he might get to like 850,000 in the week. So it's it's going to do numbers. Um so one thing I've had to I've had to do in like becoming like a, you know, music critic and somebody who analyzes music a lot is to be like open-minded. Cause you know, when you're a stan or a fan of certain artists, sometimes you want to be real closed-minded and just be like, no, this was dope. I don't care what you say. None of that stuff mattered. Um, so I've had to like open my mind to like a lot of other opinions, let those marinate but also not let them completely change exactly what how I feel about a certain thing. You know, just take a lot of things into account and then formulate, you know, a final opinion. So, you know, I'd heard a lot of, you know, subpar things from the Twitterverse about how they felt about the album. They thought it was too long. They didn't appreciate how he wasn't rapping enough. And, you know, off the first listen, I was pretty hype, no pun intended, on the album. The more and more I listened, the more I was like, uh, you know what? They're right. So my final thoughts. The album needed to be, I think, majority rap. What he gave us was majority singing, whether that be pop singing or real singing. And then it was almost like he threw the rap songs in there, um, you know, for balance. I think it should have been the other way around. I think it should have been a majority rap album. And then he throws some of these songs like Fire and Desire, um, Keep the Family Close, Feel No Ways. Throw some of those in there you know, as like radio singles, because, you know, everybody's got to have a radio single. So throw some of those in there to like, you know, kind of lighten it up from all of the rap. So it's not like if you're reading this is too late. Um, You know, there was too much pop. There was not enough real singing. Um, It needed more rap and specifically it needed more rap like he did on Western Road Flows. Because, like, he gave us hype, he gave us Grammys. That'll give you the turn-up rap, the confident, braggadocious rap that um, we got on the last project. But he's very capable of spitting straight bars and, like, bars of substance like he does in, you know, Western Road Flows, like he's done in Look What You've Done, um, like he's done in um, songs like, I don't know, uh, what was that other song? Uh, it's escaping me. Um, but songs off of uh, Take Care, like um, Underground King, stuff like that. Like he's, he's given us bars. And I think if he had given us three more songs, like Western Road Flows, cut it down a little bit, um, rearranged some stuff so that it fit, it would have it been a lot better. Give us that nothing was the same rap. Um, there was a lot of different influences. 
Um, a lot of uh, Caribbean influences, a lot of patois, a lot of... And I recently actually figured out why that is. Apparently, there are a lot of Jamaicans who live in Toronto. Um, so Drake's got a lot of friends, a lot of homies that, you know, are Jamaican. They speak it in patois, and he's been influenced by it. And he's um, incorporated it in his work. Um, so I thought that was really interesting. Um, you know, I didn't really need all of the, you know, he was throwing this dance hall vibe um, at us and hitting us across the head with it for the entire album. But all in all, I think the project is still a win for Drake. It didn't reach take care levels, but then again, he set the bar very high. So I think that there is still better to come from Drake. Um, but I also think that this is definitely good for now. And, you know, he mentioned in the interview, he plans on releasing some more music in the summer. That may not be an album, but he says he's got some more music, some more tracks that he's going to release in the summer. So we've still got that to come. All in all, Views is a good project. If I had to rate it out of five, I'd give it uh, 3.75 to a four. Um, but yeah, that's how I feel. Um, that concludes the Dig Deeper segment for this week. Shout out to the homie Joe for coming through. Well, I guess he didn't come through, but, you know, getting on the call and um, blessing us with his thoughts. <laughs> it's a pleasure, y'all. I appreciate y'all listening, man. Continue to listen now for my cousin, man. He's got this fire every week. I be looking for it when I be at work. I, everybody got to listen to it when they at my job. So if you walk it past at my job, you automatically are, are listening, whether they like it or not. <laughs> so, like, That's what's I up. always blast it every uh, Wednesday morning. And so, and then when Amar be, uh, I know when he get busy, I be sending texts like, man, where's, what's up, man? What's going on? <laughs> where's so, the art? You know, I, I love being on the uh, podcast. I know it's busy, you know, at times. So, you know, he's constantly blessing me and, with his uh, insight on music, being an official music analyst, you know, this <laughs> official, you know. Uh, but, yeah, it's a pleasure. I love the podcast. I love to be on here. Anytime he want me on here, I'm jumping at the opportunity. So I'm just glad to be here. I love music. And uh, it's a pleasure for me to do this for y'all. So, yeah. Hey, you know what it is. Thanks, Cuzzo. So that was... Um my cousin Joe, um, talking about Drake's Views album. I thank you all for listening. I'll be back next week with another episode of Thinking Outside the Boombox. Um, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Other than that, all the information is in the description. I will see you all next week. Peace. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? 
Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, folks. I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 